0: That's E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y.com slash dentist. This podcast is distributed with the understanding that Art Wiederman, CPA, and Ide Bailey, LLP are not rendering legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Listeners should consult with their business advisors before acting on any of the information or opinions shared. If you have questions and or feedback, make sure to email Art over at awiederman at idbailey.com That's A-W-I-E-D-E-R-M-A-N at E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y dot com. You can also give Art a call at 657-279-3243. Without further delay, here's your host, Dental CPA, Art Wiederman.
1: And hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman, CPA. I'm your host, Art Wiederman. I'm a dental division director at the CPA firm of Ide Bailey uh, in Tustin, California, which if you don't know where Tustin is, it's about 15 minutes from Disneyland. And this is actually kind of, I just thought about this, this is kind of special for me because I started this podcast journey uh, three years ago, right now, because we our first podcast I think was published on December 3rd of 2018. And we're now going to be publishing this one in the first week of December of 2021. And I couldn't think of anybody better. Uh, A special, special dear friend of mine, Ali Aramshian, who is uh, the premier dental labor and contract attorney in the country. Uh, He is going to be my guest today. And we're going to talk about Oh my gosh. Uh, you know What is it like hiring and firing and employing people during a pandemic? And Ali is the guy that's done, oh my God, he's. Done, I thought I did a lot of webinars. He's done all over the country to tens of thousands of dentists. So we're, we're going to talk about how to keep people, how to fire them if we have to. We're going to talk about uh, new things that are coming into the law for 2022 that you have to be aware of. We're going to talk about you know, record keeping. So all this will come up in a, in a, in a moment and we'll bring Ali and onto the show in a moment. But first I want to share some information and give you some updates on some things that are going on. Uh, first of all, uh, be sure to check with our wonderful, wonderful partners at decisions in dentistry magazine, uh, com. Fantastic clinical content and fantastic, uh, uh, you know, who's who of clinical dentistry, go to their website, uh, make sure you uh, get their magazine. Uh, they have 140 continuing education courses that you can subscribe to every single uh, for for the year at one very, very reasonable price. That's www.decisionsanddentistry.com. If you're looking for a dental CPA, uh, we got you covered. I, Bailey, we work with over a thousand dentists. Uh, in the Western United States, we also have the Academy of Dental CPAs, www.adcpa.org. Uh, if you're not working with a dental CPA, you should be because I, I can tell you, uh, not only myself, but my uh, my partners in crime as dental CPAs bring lots and lots of value to the table. So let me give you some updates uh, on some things. We're in the tail end. I can't believe we're at the end of 20. 2021 folks uh, 2022 is uh, you know around the corner here. so if you have not filed for the employee retention tax credit if you had a greater than fifty percent reduction in your gross receipts net of patient refunds in probably the second quarter of 2020 when the pandemic hit and everybody was shut down, even if you have filed for forgiveness which all of you have now for round one of the PPP, you are still eligible. We're still doing uh, ERTC refunds for 2020. We've got about a dozen of them going on right now. So if you need that help, um, let us know. Send me an email at a Weiderman W-I-E-D-E-R-M-A-N, at idbailey.com. That's E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y.com. If you had a greater than 20% reduction in your gross receipts, either in the fourth quarter of 2020 versus the fourth quarter of 2019 or any of the first three quarters of 2021 versus the first three quarters of 2019. And we calculate those each separately. The credit is up to $7,000 per employee per quarter, as opposed to $5,000 for the entire year per employee. So, we are, I mean, I just did one for a doctor in Southern California. We got him a $42,000 2020 ERTC, and he was eligible for the first quarter of 2021. And his first quarter of 2021 was $37,000. So we got this doctor close to $80,000. So they're giving out money, folks. Again, give us a call. Uh, my, again, direct number six five seven two seven nine three two four three. 657-279-3243. Also the HHS Provider Relief Fund. Remember that money, that two percent of your gross revenues you got in the second quarter in the third quarter of twenty twenty, and then you applied for the phase three, and they sent you like eighty thousand or two hundred thousand or five hundred thousand. They gave out a lot of money. It was 175 billion in the fund. Well, they're finally requiring that you report on that. So we're gonna be doing a couple of things. Number one, um We have a webinar on January the 21st. I'll tell you about that in a minute. But what you need to do is you need to go ahead and you need to go on to the HHS Provider Relief Fund's uh, website, www.hhs.gov, and you need to go into their portal. They have a workbook. So if you receive more than $10,000 between July 1 and December 31, of 2020 in this program, you have to report between January 1 and March 31. If you don't, they will ask you for the money back. So um, make sure that you look into that. Now, we have a couple of events here at Ide Bailey in the dental um, webinar world that we want to share with you. So first of all, on December the 13th, Mel Schwartz and I are doing a webinar on year-end tax planning and the new tax laws. Now, we are recording this. Ali and I are going to be recording this webinar, to, this podcast today. Uh, we're recording this in uh, right before Thanksgiving. So um, here in uh, the middle of November, uh, the House of Representatives had just passed the Build Back Better bill, and it is now going to the Senate. Do we know when this is going to pass? No. Nobody knows when this is going to pass. Uh, Congress has done this to me and to the CPAs of the world for years and years. They'll pass tax legislation on the 29th of December. Okay. Let's do some tax planning between the 29th and the 31st of December. Good luck with that. So watch your news, watch your newspapers. Um, but Mel and I are going to tell you what's going on on December 13th. If there's a new law, we'll tell you about it. If there's not a new law, we'll tell you about it, but we'll talk about your own tax planning. And also, we are doing a webinar on the HHS Provider Relief Fund. Uh, Ashley Brandt-Duda and Tyler Bernier, our two eyed Belly partners who have lived and breathed this HHS nightmare from the beginning almost 20 months ago, and I are going to put this webinar on, and we're going to walk you through this HHS portal uh, frame by frame, and we're going to show you exactly how to do it. Um, if you want to sign up for the December 13th webinar, and by the way, that one for HHS is January 21st. We'll have the landing page out shortly. If you're interested in, in participating in that, um, uh, there will be a, a, a small charge for that because you got a lot of work to put this into, uh, into action here. But, uh, on the one, on the uh, December 13th ones, go to www.idebailey.com forward slash events. So those are my announcements. And um, folks, coming to the end of the year, make sure you sit down with your CPAs. If you need some help with your tax planning and you're not getting it, uh, we're here. That's all we're doing is year-end tax planning meetings.
0: Be sure to check out our new I'd Bailey podcast, Ebb and Flow, a business podcast providing inspired insight on issues and trends the middle market faces. Hear unique business stories, get answers to frequently asked and unasked questions, and understand business topics that matter to you. Available now on your favorite podcast platform.
1: All right, let's get to my dear, dear friend, Ali Aramshian. Ali is the uh, founder, CEO, and as my late mother used to say, chief cook and bottle washer for <laughs> HR for Health. You like that one? A- HR for Health, which is a the premier um, HR resource company, uh, that helps dentists with all of their HR needs. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that as well as, uh, he is a dental contract attorney and his firm is dental and medical counsel, and they are based out of Northern California. Uh, as I've told you before, I've made, you know, in 37 years, many, many dear friends and Ali is just at the top of that list. He's my go-to guy for HR labor law, um, my client's getting sued. what do I do? Help help, help Ali. Welcome to the art of Dental finance and management
2: thank you art it 's a pleasure to be back and uh, you 're right. It is a crazy time of the year, and it just seems to be getting crazier and crazier so uh, it's it 's a lot of fun to be able to do this with you as always it
1: 's like when you and I text each other and say, "Are you busy?" and the answer is never no you know it 's just uh, yeah, it it's nuts. But you know what? It, it's great. And we we love you and I love uh, serving the dentists of America. And, uh, you know, we, we do some great stuff. So I'm going to start off with a little bit of statistics uh, just to kind of set the table for this. Uh, so, you know, according to a May 2021 ADA Health Policy Institute poll, 35.8% of owner dentists are recruiting dental assistants. Twenty-eight point eight percent are looking for hygienists. Twenty-six point five are looking for high, uh, administrative staff, and thirteen point one percent are in search of associate dentists. We know that the number one problem before there was a pandemic was finding good team members. Now, after the pandemic, it's 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 a lot worse. We all know that. We're going to talk about that. Um, you know, increased competition in the talent pool, smaller pool of applicants, increased competition. of dentists report that hiring dental hygienists and assistants is extremely challenging. More than 70% report that hiring administrative staff is very challenging, and more than 50% report the same challenges for associate dentists. And the last statistic, because I am required by law to give out numbers since I am a CPA, um, among dentists who are actively searching to fill open positions, 73.1% increased pay for dental assistants, 70.7% increased pay for hygienists, and 67.1% increased pay for administrative staff. So, Ali, with all that in mind, we know how challenging, I mean, you're talking to dentists, not only your clients, but groups and webinars and podcasts are on. I mean, let's start off by helping our listeners. What can we do to help dentists Keep and retain their employees and keep them from jumping ship. So maybe some ideas.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the million dollar question, right? That's the million dollar question. And and you know those those statistics are are just exhausting to hear because you know what what you hear in right now is this phenomenon called the red the Great Resignation, right? And. Um, and that is really kind of true in what's happening across all industries, but especially in healthcare. And you know, I, I read something the other day that um, it was four million Americans quit their jobs in April of twenty one, right? Yep. April of twenty twenty one, and then and then it happened in May, June, and July as well. Four million each of those, right? And and so when you think about you know our population is about three hundred million. I mean, you're talking, you know. I mean, you're you're talking like, you know, what 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 is that like? Ten, you know, five percent, three percent of the population has just kind of quit in four months, you know. So, so, so,
1: so that's why I couldn't get a parking space at the beach. I knew there was a reason. Yeah, that's
2: right. <laughs>
1: that's right. That's right. That's right. Oh yeah, and and a lot of it is is, is inability. I, I read one article, Ali, that it's, you know, we have a lot of um, a lot of folks in the in the workforce. That childcare has become, and we're gonna talk about you know paid leave and all that a little later, but childcare has become so expensive and not available. Right. You know, that's one reason. But keep keep going.
2: Well, no, you're you're exactly right. You're exactly right. And and that's one of the big reasons why, you know, I think so many, you know, RDAs, DAs, you know, hygienists and and even some you know EFs have decided to just not come back into into the workforce. Um, And, and, you know, I think to your point, you know, what can you do to kind of create an atmosphere where people do want to come back? Well, I, I think you hit it on the head. It's all, it comes down to the culture of the practice, right? I mean, you hear that word a lot, but it really does come down to, to that because someone's making a decision between, you know, do I, you know, do I come to work and come to work somewhere where maybe I'm I, I don't feel appreciated and loved, and I don't you know I'm not having a great time, and I'm not you know pushing myself, or do I stay home and you know raise my child, right, or or whatnot? So,
1: I mean, uh, what what are your clients and the, and the dentists that the thousands of dentists you talk to, what are they telling you about why people are leaving? I, I mean, are they giving you
2: are yeah. they uh,
1: giving you reasons?
2: Well. I, right I, it's really falling into a couple of categories i mean one i think is you know that people are um are are not coming back because they they just are deciding to spend more time with their own families which i think comes down to this whole care you know child care taking issue right um and and i think but but i think there's more to it than that right there's a lot more to it i think it some of it has to do with you know, uh, benefits. I think it has to do with culture. I think it has to do with, you know, do they feel challenged at work? You know, do they feel like they're, um, you know, are, you know that they're being driven down this path of growth, right? Um, you know, is their purpose aligned with the practice purpose? I mean, I think all these things are the real, the real reasons. Compensation is actually. Not the reason that you know that comes to mind. I mean, I think I think a lot of people think it's comes down to oh well, someone's going to make fifty cents more or a dollar more somewhere, and they're going to jump. But it's really not about that. It really comes down to culture.
1: And it really is, and, and it's it's kindness, it's flexibility, it's empathy, it's 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 you know you've got to have a place, folks. And I, I think I did my my last podcast on you know how to treat your team. And you need to communicate. It's more important than ever, Ali, isn't it, to communicate with your team? Like, hey, um, Susie at the front desk, how are you doing? How's everything? How's how's your family? I mean, you, you don't have to deal with all of their family problems or their financial problems or their kids' problems, but just how are you doing? I mean, I, I would say you know once a quarter, sit down with your employees and just say, just how are you? Mm-hmm. How, how, how are we doing here? Are we good? Any issues you want to talk about? I mean, there's nothing wrong. You're the lawyer here. There's nothing wrong with
2: doing that, right? No, 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 there isn't. I mean, I think everybody has the balance of what they're comfortable, you know, doing and not doing with their teams, right? Um, You know, we have some doctors who say, look, you know, I... I don't want to know anything about their personal lives, right? I don't want to know anything about anything that they do over the weekends and this and that, because I think it'll, it'll upset me if I do, because, you know, I might find out about something that I shouldn't find out about. And so, so, you know, there's that group. And then there's the group that is really kind of, you know, knee deep in, in the in, in, those, in people's personal lives. And, you know, what did you do? And how old are your kids? And what do they like? And, you know, and so everybody's a little bit different, Art, I think, in that sense. And but I think to your point, I, I think having that ability to have some conversations with them can only help morale, right? And people who are, you know, in one way from a management style can bring office managers or others into it to, to counteract kind of what they lack, maybe right? And, and which goes to the core values of the, of the practice and, um, and do those align with the employee's core values, right? If, if that makes sense.
1: Oh, it makes, it makes total sense. And and again, it's about, it's all about leader. It, I'm sorry. It comes back to leadership mm-hmm. and uh, some of you don't like the word leadership, but, but if you can be a really good leader um, and you let everybody know, Hey, listen, we're going to have a great 2022. And again, my my first, either my first or second podcast, I haven't decided of 2022 is literally going to be about how to make your plan for 2022. We won't get into that right now, but let, let's talk about some tips for hiring. I mean, you know, right now, as we talked about, lots of people are hiring, you know, what I say, yes. 28, 20, 29% are looking for, uh, you know, hygienists, 36% looking for dental assistance. So give us some tips, Ali, how do we get people to your practice and, and what's, uh, as opposed to another job and, and what are some of the, the, the right ways, well, we'll get into the right ways to do this, but let's start off with some tips on how to get some people, get people to come to your practice as opposed to the practice down the block.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so, you know, I think there's a couple of ways these days that we're seeing people, um, Successfully achieve recruitment of good employees, right? I mean, I think the olden days of kind of going on Craigslist and you know some of these other things is long gone now, and and so so the best thing I think to do is to see if your team can do the recruitment themselves. If you truly have a great place to work, right? It's a it's, it's, you're a great doctor, and I don't mean clinically, but in terms of leadership style, the morale of the practice is, is high. You know, If all those things are pointing in the right direction, then let's have the employees go and recruit their friends. They're all friends with other hygienists, RDAs, DAs, and so on and so forth. So, so let's tell them, you know, about how great their, the workplace environment is and let's, let's recruit that way. So that's that's always a really, really good approach. Um, I think another way, though, is if you're going to go the route of, let's say, Indeed or, you know, what some of these other kind of websites that, that help with recruitment is to write a job posting that truly gets the essence of what your practice is all about. I think so many people just say, we're looking for a hygienist and four years of experience and so on. And so on. that doesn't really separate you, right, from anybody else. I mean, everyone's looking for a hygienist. Everyone's looking for an RDA. It's, so the question is, how is your practice different? And and I think the practices that are able to put out their personality the best in these job posts uh, then do attract more candidates. It doesn't mean they're all good candidates, aren't it? Right? You gotta <laughs> re- we got to remember that.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. I, I, Ali, I, I will tell you, and, and this is something doctors you know I've had people that have interviewed from my Remember, I ran a CPA firm for 33 years. Ali, you've got one or two yep. employees that work for you. We all know how this works. Was like, oh my god, that was the best interview that I've ever had. And then they come into work, and it's like, what did they do with that person? Did that person miss the plane <laughs> or the bus or something like that? But you're right. You're right. The best, some of the best people I ever interviewed I had in my CPA firm. Um, you know my, my my dear dear friend. You know her, Pam Chamberlain. Pam is um, uh, one of the best dental CPAs in the country, and she's just you know, over the top. And we had a we had a receptionist in the CPA firm that Pam and I had before we merged our firms,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it just wasn't working out. It just was not. We don't need to get into why or anything. And and, and she says, you know, Art, God, I've got I've got a a young lady that works. She's working in retail. She's on my my softball team Tuesday nights. I'm going to talk to her. So we did an interview and I did two interviews. It's one of the best hires I ever made. I mean, in that, in that right. So talking yeah. to your people, because your employees know who, you know, what would work in your dental office,
2: right? That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's, exactly that's true. Right. Yeah, Yeah. that's exactly right. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a, it's a, it's a great, great way of, of bringing like minded people together. Now, of course, there are some drawbacks to that, you know. If things go sour, yeah, know, there, exactly. there is the likelihood that you know they all kind of leave at the same time. <laughs> well,
1: yeah, but that's probably if you're a Twinkie. We we call them. We we won't use some of the bad words because this is not a bad word podcast. <laughs> uh, but but we use the word Twinkie. If you are a Twinkie, people are not going to work for you, no matter how nice the people you hire are. So
2: <laughs>
0: okay.
1: so let's talk about some do's and don'ts as far as okay. So we find somebody we like. We, we've done the interview um first of all when you inter, when, when you when you recommend your your clients interview people um i always you know d- do you recommend that a third person be in the room for the interview so the doctor is talking do you like to have a couple of the team how do you like the interviews to go because i always worry about a, a doctor being in a room with a door closed with someone you know bad
2: stuff could happen i've heard stories how, yeah. how do you like to do that yeah, I mean, I I think I think interviews have to be kind of a, a multifaceted multi faceted approach, right? So I think first is you do a phone interview and you make sure that you know they can communicate well, that they are you know um, you know interested in the position, and so so as to not waste everyone's time, right? And a lot of candidates, a lot of candidates are go by the wayside just be, during the phone interview um, because there's just not there's things that are just don't match. Right. And so, so, so I think you do the phone interview first and then the second interview. And and this is, I think, really where the rubber meets the road. And, and, you know, this is a little bit controversial because some people don't like to do these from an HR perspective. But I think doing a working interview is a great idea, you know, in okay. a dental practice. And, and there are right ways of doing dental, uh, to do working interviews, and then there are wrong ways, right? And if you, if you do it the wrong way, it can definitely come back and, and haunt you. But, but I think if you do a good working interview and the, the employee comes, they, you know, they, they work for maybe four to five hours, they Maybe go to lunch with your team, uh, you know, have a little bit of time where their you know, guard is down and they have some honest conversation. I, I think you're going to get a lot more than doing a traditional sit-down interview like the one you're talking about.
1: How about some tips on working interviews you'd mentioned? What, what are some do's and don'ts on that?
2: So from, from, a, from just a purely HR perspective, I think what's important to let the employee know is what time they should arrive. Which I always recommend it be like mid morning, you know, after the morning huddle and after the craziness of the first patients have come and kind of gone. So have them come mid morning, uh, maybe stay through lunch or go to lunch with the rest of the team, and then come and then leave like mid afternoon, right? Uh, in between there uh, or before, I should say, this all starts. You want to you know tell them the time to come and time to leave how much you're going to pay them, Art. This is something that people forget, right? They forget how much, how much they're going to pay the person. And so, so the employee thinks they're getting, you know, let's say it's a hygienist. They, they think they're getting $60 an hour and the doctor, you know, employer is going to say, well, no, I was just going to pay her $20 an hour because it's just a working interview. And so there's like some real, you know, um, differences there. And so, so important to let them know how much they're going to get paid for that interview. And, and, and then here's the key. If you're going to have anybody... Come in and to do a working interview, and they're going to actually pick up a handpiece or type on a computer or do anything at all having to do with work. They need to be paid for it, right? They need to be paid for it. And and there was there was this one doctor, and and you know obviously we won't mention names, no, but there no was names. one doctor that 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 uh, would do you know working interviews for like weeks at a time, right? So like the person would come in and instead of just hiring them. He would call it a working interview for like two weeks. This person would be like working in the office, <laughs> and 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 then finally, one of the gals got wise. I was like, "No, oh, this is not you know a working interview. This is me just working." <laughs> yes, and uh, I'm an employee now. I'm an employee, and uh, and so so there's it, you know there, there's a little there's little things like that.
1: Is there any paperwork that someone in a four or
2: five hour working interview has to fill out? So, you know, I think if you if you document the if you document sort of the terms that we were just talking about, what what day they're coming, what time they're coming and leaving, uh, how much they're getting paid for that one day, you don't really need anything else. Right. And okay. you, can, you cut them a check at the end of the day and, and, and that's it. Uh, if you hire them after that, then, of course, you need all the new hire documents and everything else.
1: Yeah. We'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. So. Uh, uh, before we go into some of the the meat of what we're going to talk about today, Ali, so tell us a little bit about HR for Health and your law firm and and uh, how folks can get a hold of you. So t- tell us what you do at HR for Health for the sure. for the two or three dentists in America that listen to this podcast who don't know you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, our, as as you know, you know uh, I'm a dental attorney by trade in our law firm. Uh, works primarily with dentists across the country on practice transitions, lease reviews, partnership agreements, the sale of practices. And uh it's uh you know and we just celebrated our 15 year anniversary last oh,
1: Congratulations.
2: That's thanks, a big thanks. deal. It was. It was. It was uh, it was a lot of fun and 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 as you know it's it's a, it's a lot of work to to get to this point but it's uh you know you know with with the great clients that we all have it's uh, it's a lot of fun. So yep. so um so so that's the law firm side but then you know, about ten years ago, what I saw was this um, this cr- crazy trend where a lot of our doctors were getting sued for these HR violations. And um, and when we looked at the marketplace to see what's out there trying to help them, what we saw was you know payroll companies that were giving them employment manuals um, similar to you know what they were giving to a dry cleaners or a coffee shop. So that didn't work. Uh, they, some of them were going to lawyers and spending a few thousand bucks uh, on an employment manual, you know, usually four to $5,000 to get one that was good just for that year. And then they would have to kind of do it again the following year, which is kind of crazy amount of money to spend on an employment manual. And then there were some mom and pop organizations and they still exist even today that are still doing an employment manual for dentists. And they, they, you know, they, they, they kind of, you know, put some bells and whistles on it and try to make it kind of more fancy. But really what it is is it is what it is. It's just a, a, a pamphlet of paper saying what your you know what your rules are. But even those, you know, are are a few thousand dollars, you know, four to five thousand and you know are not don't really do the job. And so we created HR for health so that it's a full software product that helps you hire and manage and maintain and retain those employees and then also improve their performance through our, you know, online and software tools. And so so it's been a really great fun, you know, sort of seeing it grow and seeing so many doctors, you know, kind of sign up for it and not only become HR compliant and safe. So, you know, there's not that kind of risk, that legal risk, but more importantly, get the most out of their employees and, and build them.
1: Well, and and the nice thing about you doing this is that if God forbid they get sued, yep. I hear that you're a pretty good uh, attorney and, and <laughs> represent them, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, we uh we, we were very very successful on that front. Knock on wood, and and a lot of it though, art it comes down to documentation, right? And so when they're already on our software and they have the really good documentation, we really just kill it in the courtroom. And and uh, and and those that don't, you know, we can still kind of position things, but but having the documentation is is so key. It's so key. And and you know what, you know, and, and you and I have been doing this for a long time, of course, but you know. What kind of breaks my heart a lot of times is when I hear, you know, a doctor being sold, you know, on, let's say, this employment manual and they're told, hey, that's that's really all you need. Right. And it feels good. Right. It feels good to be like, oh, great. I spend this money and I just get this employment manual and I'm good to go. But it's just such a farce art. You know, it's like it's kind of like if if a dentist gave you a toothbrush and they said, here's your toothbrush. This is all you need.
1: Have a good time
2: have a good time. They don't tell you about the toothpaste. They don't tell you about, you know, the angle that you should brush your teeth, how long you should brush your teeth. And, you know, they don't tell you about all those other things that kind of go into having good oral hygiene. Well, the same is true when it comes to an employment manual. It's just not enough. And yet, you know, it's an easy thing to fall trap to. And so, so that's why, you know, you know, we've, we've kept our costs super low to, you know, to kind of offset all of that so that it's not a cost conversation. It's really just an education conversation. Right?
1: And, and we get it done. So, Ali, if somebody was interested in getting a hold of you and your company, um, how do we go ahead and give out your, uh, your yeah. email, website, uh, you know, mm-hmm. if you got one of those banners flying over the uh, the, the 49er stadium, I mean, however, however they can get a hold of you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that, how they, you know, your phone number? How do we get a hold of you?
2: Sure, sure, absolutely. I think that the best way is probably to go to hrforhealth.com dot com, and that's hrforhealth.com dot com, and uh, and uh, and just kind of clicking the form there, and one of our team members will will kind of do a demo of the software for you to see if it's a good fit for your office. Um, or you guys can email me directly and I'll get you in right in, in touch with the right person. Um, and my email is just my initials, AO at HR for health.com. So AO at HR for health.com. And, uh, and those of you who already have my law firm email, you can email me there too, of course, but I can get you in touch with the right people.
1: So, so sounds good. All right, let's get back to talking about some of this wonderful yeah. employment stuff, Ollie. So, um, did we talk about offer letters and making offers, some do's and don'ts in that area? Let, let's get into that a little bit.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's something that usually everyone forgets uh, to do. And, and an offer letter is, is really great. And, and, and the reason it's a, such a great tool, Art, is because for everyone in an office other than a doctor associate, you should just rely on the offer letter as your tool for communicating you know, the terms of the position. Right, um, and so so you don't really need a contract for you know anybody else in the office other than a doctor or associate, and so it's a really good document to have. I mean, it'll have the um, the the, um, the start date, it'll have the compensation, it'll have whether they're exempt or non-exempt. You know, it'll have all those details. Um, and then you know, because you know, dentists are really worried about their associates taking staff or taking, uh, you know, patients or other intellectual properties. That's why we recommend the, um, you know, recommend the contract.
1: Now I, yeah, so you answered one of my questions, which you don't, you say we, re- if we have a good offer letter mm-hmm. and I'm assuming that, that you have recommended formats yeah. for offer letters, uh, but you don't really, we don't need an employment contract for non-dentist employee. We, you do recommend one if I'm hiring an associate dentist,
2: right? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely one for an associate dentist, uh, but not necessarily one for anybody else in the, in the, in the office. Sometimes, sometimes we'll get a, you know, doctor who wants to give an office manager a contract because they're just that valuable to them. Um, And, uh, and, and, and that's sometimes okay. It's just, what you have to remember is that, is that, you know, once you sign a contract, especially if it's for like one or two years or whatnot, you're really kind of stuck with that person the same way that person is kind of stuck with you. Uh, and so, you know, with with a doctor associate, the reason we do it, you know, we put the contracts together is because we want intellectual property protections.
1: Now, I know I know that in California and I, I, I will go, I am not a lawyer. I don't play one on TV. That's why I have smart people like Ali come onto my podcast California is one of the few states for associate dentists that basically covenants not to compete are not enforceable, as I understand it. But aren't there some other things in an associate contract you can do to protect the doctor?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah, covenants not not to compete are totally illegal in associate agreements in here in California and and in many States Um, there, there's some States that, you know, of course allow, you know, for, for them, you know, as long as it's a reasonable distance, but in California there's none. Um, But there are other things you can do to protect yourself. You know, the the intellectual property protection language that we were talking about, you know, a lot of that, you know, can be, can be put into these contracts and um, and it helps them uh, helps, the doctor owner prevent staff from leaving or well, let me rephrase that. It it prevents the associate from trying to take the staff without penalty. So So we can do like
1: covenant, not to maybe covenant, not to treat or covenant, not to Uh, solicit solicit employees or referral sources, especially with a specialist and stuff. Okay. So I remember you taught me years ago that when you hire an employee, there's something like, 17 or 18 different Decker's forms. Yeah. I well, yeah. I don't remember what my wife asked me to bring home from the grocery store, but I do remember stuff like this unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately for me. Anyway, but um so when we hire people, let's talk about record keeping, employee yeah. records. What what get, get, let, let, let's spend a little bit of time on this. We had some time left. Tell, tell our doctors what they have to do to protect themselves.
2: Yeah, yes, and you know this is this is becoming a real thing, Art, and as you know, you know your. I don't know if it was the next seminar you're doing or the one after that uh, that you're doing on um, the re- the requirements uh, that dentists have to uh, um, you know do because of what was it the the, um, the, uh, the money that they got. The, oh, the
1: AThS. The
2: the, oh, the, yeah, HHS. they have to file on the portal. Yeah, yeah. So that's coming up next year, of course, and you're going to do a whole big seminar on it. Well. One thing that's happened ever since COVID occurred, and this is, um, this is something that you know, is becoming more and more relevant, and one of the reasons why HR for Health is so popular right now as well, is that the personnel record side of things is becoming that much more important for documentation. I mean, it's always been important from a legal perspective, but now it's even more important because of all these you know, new you know, PPP rules that came out. I mean, we're expecting audits. With with th- these issues and over the next many years, um, we're expecting employers to be asked a lot of questions about their documentation, about when people took sick leave, and things of that nature. So, so, so in California, include, and other states have are enacting new laws starting ne- in January that extends the personnel record retention requirements, sometimes from two to four years. So, so you, know, you can imagine what that does in many situations um, because it, it in, in essence, elongates the time that an employee can come, come after you for um, claims, right? Whether they're wage and hour claims, civil rights violations, or other things. So, so, so it's important to have really good documentation and not having it in paper, I think, is key. And this is really the difference, right? I think a lot of people are still used to doing things on paper and putting it in storage files. Well, things get stolen, right, as you and I know. Sure. Uh, especially when an employee knows they're going to file a lawsuit, you know, they will do whatever it takes to take their file. And you. And even if it's under lock and key, people find their way. So so getting, you know, making sure it's electronically stored, I think, is very important. Making sure you got electronic signatures is important. And then, of course, the basics, the ones that you were saying, you know, you need 18 documents here in California, but some states have a little bit less, some have a little bit more. Um, and these are required documents that you need to have for each employee and so it's vital that everyone get this uh before you know they're a victim of these kind of crazy losses
1: yeah and and in in these days when people have been unemployed and they don't have money and they're lost their homes or lost their rental property and unable to i mean they're they're going to go after a deep pocket i mean are, are you seeing an increase in uh w- w- we'll talk about that in a minute but um are you, i'm sure you're seeing an increase in in the in these lawsuits and stuff. So so oh, crazy amount. Crazy. So new new so new new now uh, one other other thing that I get questioned about sometimes and I always defer to the attorneys is there's federal employment law and there's state employment law. Uh, do they often contradict <laughs> <laughs> that was a loaded question, Ali. You no, know, Art. They don't contradict
2: ever. Do <laughs> they're it's,
1: perfect. It's, all they're law perfect. is perfect, right?
2: Yeah, it's just like the tax law. It all yeah, makes sense. Exactly. You, know? you don't even need <laughs> yeah. to read it twice.
1: Yeah, it's like my golf score. All employment law is quoted approximately. There you go. <laughs> yes, exactly. But, um, yeah, so 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 I mean, what what do you do when you have a federal law and then you have a state law and we're not sure yeah. what?
2: How does that work? So so you're hitting you're, you're hitting something that you know really separates. Us at HR for Health from everybody else, and and it's and it and it's re- because of exactly what you just described. So when you have a federal law versus a state law, or a state law versus a county law, or a county law versus a city law, I mean it just kind of trickles down, right? Right. The as long as the law that is more strict is applied, that is the part of that law that applies to you. So okay. Let me give an example, right? Let's say that, uh, and this is actually a real example. Let's say that in California, uh, we have the sick leave law that tells you you get up to three days of sick leave for every employee, right? And it accrues with one hour every 30 hours that somebody works, okay? Okay. Some counties and some cities have a rule that's very different than that. It's not one for every 30, but it's, let's say, one for every 20 hours or 25 hours. Okay. So, so for that city, if you work in that city, you have to abide by the 125 rule, not the 130 rule that the right. state has. Right. And so, if the rule was something like one every 40 hours, which is less strict than the California version, the state version, then you have to adhere to the more strict one, which is the California one. So the same thing applies with federal law. Right. And so what's happening now and what President Biden is doing, as, as many of you have seen, is that he is passing laws that with specific provisions that do not allow states to go uh Less strict than he has already in his in 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 the law that's being passed. So in other words, he's saying, "Look, this is the law across you know throughout the country, and everyone will abide by it. If you want to make it more strict, that's fine, but you can not go less." Right. And so, so we have to go with the federal law. You have to then go with the federal law, which, as you know, is going to be really difficult on most small employers like our clients because those rules are not necessarily keeping small businesses in mind, they, they're, they you know, they're, they're kind of a, more applicable to sort of the larger small businesses. <laughs> so,
1: so just to give, and again, guys, if you're not working with a specialist in HR, like Ali and his team at HR for health, you just need to be, I mean, I, I, I was taken to the labor board once in my 33 years of owning a business and I had my documentation down and the, the, the lady, the referee at the labor board said, you win. And yeah, I mean, so it, it it's all about, but talk about the labor boards in most states, Ali. Are they more employer-friendly or employee-friendly? And I know the answer to this question.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's They're all employee-friendly. There's no doubt about that. The question is, how how employee-friendly are they? And that all depends on sort of the political landscape of that state. Right. If you're, you know, if you're a red state, they're going to be a little bit less employee friendly. If you're a blue state, they're going to be more employee friendly, but they're all, they're all employee friendly. Right. There's, there's, there's just no doubt about that. There's just no doubt about that. Um, but you know, you, if you're in Texas and you've got HR for health, I mean, you've got, you know, you know, I got to get out of jail free card because they love documentation, you know, in, uh, in, uh, in Washington or California, you know, it's a lot less so. Uh, you know, you still need a lot of good documentation, uh, but you also have to, you know, have, you know, really good representation to, 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 to win. What, what I used to do
1: when I was an employer is, um, uh, before, before I met you, what I, what I used to do is I used to, if I had a, an employee and we had an issue and we weren't sure how the laws worked, What we would do is I would get my office manager and I would get the employee and I would call the labor attorney um, and I would basic or the labor board and I would call them up and I would say, all right, guys, here's the deal. Here's the law. I mean, here's the issue. What do we do? And we always follow the law because how many employers have you worked for? as the attorney or, or the HR company where these go, well, well, I'm just going to do this and, and, and it'll be okay. And, and this law is not fair. How many times have you heard that in your career?
2: Right. Exactly. Well, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. I mean, a lot of these rules are very anti-employer um, and, uh, and so it does feel very stressful, but I like, I like, I like that, um, you know, I like that method of, of what you used to do because, because it does help, you know, the conversation. But what we're seeing now is that employers aren't even getting that opportunity, right? If you're not doing things correctly, your employee is leaving for another job, going and talking to an attorney and quickly sending you letters, asking for, you know, asking for documentation, which basically is just a sign that they're going to go, you
1: know, file and and I'd like to make a recommendation to all of you. Again, I'm not the attorney. We have an attorney on the call here, so he can correct me if I'm wrong. So when you employ somebody, or you, you interview somebody, my recommendation would be to say, folks, here's the deal. This office follows the applicable laws to a T. So, if there is ever an issue on any type of an HR matter, we are going to follow the law. We are going to go to the authorities who know the law. Uh, we work with HR for health, um, you know, uh, and we are going to make sure That we sit down. So if there's, I just want you to know, Susie, when you come to work here, this is done by the book. We don't mess around. We are going to make sure that everything is done by the law, and we're going to make sure that everybody follows the
2: law. Are you okay with something like that, Ali? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think that's that's one of the big I think reasons to um, to do uh, to do, to do, have, have an employment manual and have these conversations up front with these employees is to be able to communicate that to them. So absolutely, absolutely. Right. Right. So
1: the last thing I want to touch on, cause again, you and I could talk for days about this stuff. Talk about maybe even some war stories here. The most common mistakes that dentists make that get them sued by employees. Yeah, so that, that might be a two hour
2: deal. Right, right. I think we uh, we could do a whole thing on this. I mean, I, I think it, it falls into a couple of quick categories. One is, um, you know, not having your, uh, you know, overtime, lunches and breaks, uh, compensation side of things kind of really dialed in and figured out. Um, a lot of people still make mistakes on on that, right? Um, you know, how do I pay somebody? Do I pay a hygienist overtime? Do I do I not? You know, what do I do with the associates? You know, all those details I think um become really, really important. And if you forget to do it or you don't do it, um, then that gets you sued. And then the other thing is um not having um a system in place for uh terminating somebody, right? You know, in and, and, and what I mean by that is, you know, if someone you know, complains and then you retaliate against them. Uh, that's going to be a problem, right? If you if you if, if somebody asks for leave because of COVID or whatnot, and you let them go, that's going to be a problem. So having a system in place where you know who to go to and have these conversations and, and how to make sure you're protected, I think, is super super important. And um, and and of course, that's what we do at HR for Health. We're, we're that support system.
1: And, and obviously, if anybody is thinking about making a change. And by the way, we talk about all the time, if you have an employee that is not doing a good job and you have to make a change, it is legal to make a change. You just have to do it in the right way. So you never, ever, ever make a change in your practice and let someone go without talking to someone like Ali Aramshian and not making sure that you have all your ducks in a row and documentation and, and 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 doing it right and you know i mean just exactly. you, you just don't do that so yeah. well you are amazing my friend you you, you you saved the world during covid i mean i'm telling you for those of you um you know ali was the voice of the california dental association and was on webinars with thousands of dentists and helping through the the ffcra and the sick pay rules during covid and do we lay them off or do we yeah, send them to Hawaii. I mean, what what do we do here, right? And and um, you know, so 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 you were a, you were a gift to the dental profession. Any final comments from my listeners about? I mean, going into twenty twenty two, some you know something is if they're not doing this, they need to be doing this thing. Anything like that?
2: Well, thanks, Art. Yeah, I, I appreciate those kind words. And and you were right there alongside me. I mean, we were both doing so many of these, and we were. Uh, it was, it was a pleasure to be able to kind of give back to the community during a really, really kind of crazy uh, and scary time. And, and, you know, I would say my only parting words would be, um, you know, don't, you know, get down on all these new requirements. There's a lot there. We, we understand that and we, no, no one's taking it lightly. And, um, but the good news is that you have great resources at your fingertips, right? You have art, you have me, you have HR for health, you have Ide Bailey, you have so many that can help you through it. It's one of those times in history where, you know, you'll reach out and ask for help. Let us kind of yeah. help you manage through this kind of crazy time, because it's going to be a lot less expensive. It's going to be a lot less stressful for you and more importantly you'll know it's done right and uh and that's half the battle right it's just knowing that it's done right so you can move on with with your life and your family so uh,
1: one more one more time give out the best way for people to get a hold of you uh
2: the best way is probably go to hr for healthcom that's h r f o r uh health.com uh or you can email me and uh and then I'll get you to the right person and my email is my initials a o at hr
1: for health.com. Ali Ramshian, thank you so much for imparting your amazing wisdom and everything you've done to help the dental profession. I mean, uh, we CPAs called ourselves the financial first responders. I think you and your team were the uh, employee and HR first responders through this pandemic. It was a, I just hope we never go through anything like this again in your lifetime or my lifetime. Yeah, me too.
2: Me too. Thank all right, you. so
1: hang hang with me as I take the podcast out. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. We have thousands of people that listen to this podcast. I get emails and uh, from all over the country. Thank you so much for listening for this three—I can't believe it's been three freaking years that we've done this. It's been a an absolute labor of love. Thank you to the wonderful people on my team at Ide Bailey who have helped me, to all the guests that we've had on this podcast Uh, Over the last three years, we're going to keep doing this. I love being behind a microphone. Uh, My my friends and family say, you talk too much. I go, yeah, that's just me. What am I going to tell you? And so uh, just remember, go to our uh, partner, Decisions in Dentistry magazine, www.decisionsindentistry.com for great clinical content and 140 continuing education classes at one very, very reasonable price. Uh, give me a call, six five seven two seven nine three two four three. If we can help you on the ERTC, the HHS Provider Relief Fund, uh, tax planning, financial planning, psychiatry, psychology counseling, we we do it all. We we we've helped doctors with it with everything. And uh, I've spent my entire thirty seven year career uh, dedicated to the dental profession, and it has been an absolute joy. Uh, do go on to our website for our two webinars, uh, www.idebailey.com forward slash events. Remember, December 13th, we're doing a webinar on year-end tax planning and the new Build Back Better law, whether it is law or not law by then, who knows? We think it will be, but we never know. And also on January 21st, uh, and that's going to be Jan- uh, January 21st is going to be 9 to 11 a.m. Pacific time. We're going to be doing a webinar uh, with Tyler and Ashley from our ER, uh, our HHS team uh, to talk about every step that you have to take to make sure you're compliant on filing on the HHS Provider Relief Fund portal, which you must do if you got more than $10,000 between July 1 and December 31. You have to file between January 1 and March 31. Well, with that, I want to thank everybody for listening. Please uh, tell your friends about our podcast. Please subscribe so you get every podcast every other week when we bring when we publish. And with that, um, thank you again so much. And thank you, Ali. And that is it for this episode of The Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman, CPA. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Art of Dental Finance and Management Podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. The Art of Dental Finance and Management Podcast is produced by Ide Bailey in partnership with Art Wiederman, CPA, Decisions in Dentistry Magazine, and the Academy of Dental CPAs. For audience questions and feedback, email Art Wiederman, awiederman at idbailey.com. That's a W-I-E-D-E-R-M-A-N at E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y dot com. Or you may call art at 657-279-3243.